he didn't know his wife, uh, Nora, could cook. Uh, so he's found out she can cook, and he had to go get the stove out of the uh, out of the uh, storage uh, shed. This is Locked On Clemson. So glad to have you back with us. As uh, you know, we're moving through this together and getting new information every day. But the information I want to make sure we share with you today is uh, the second part of Dabo Sweeney's audio. I've been listening to this a couple of times and just trying to give you the good parts. Uh, you know, if you missed our uh, pod last week on Dabo Sweeney's update, you know, he, he kind of just trying to keep everyone in the loop about what's happening with the team and the plans as they move forward. I can tell you this, uh, in covering things the way that I do on Sports Talk, uh, I've just talked to a couple of athletic directors, not for Clemson or South Carolina, athletic directors of other schools in the state of South Carolina. And there's going to be some announcements coming probably this week because after the NCAA basketball tournament got canceled, that greatly affected the distributions going out to NCAA member schools. Well, how this will affect Clemson is even though Clemson is doing very well financially in comparison to all the other schools around the country, they're going to make decisions together. As a matter of fact, some of these athletic directors I've talked to have been from smaller schools. So when we talk about eligibility moving forward and whether players like uh, players from spring sports, baseball, get eligibility returned. This is kind of the drum that I've been beating uh, since I heard about this, perhaps extending eligibility. It's not just about scholarships. Where Who pays for those scholarships? Where did they come from? And even if you were to reach out and try to get some public money for this, uh, then you have schools like Boston College or the University of Miami and the ACC that are private schools. How are they affected? Uh, and then what about the smaller schools that just flat out cannot afford it and what about as we move toward college football season the guarantee games again Clemson's on the other side of that but you know they obviously have guarantee games uh, scheduled where they'll be paying opponents and this is going to affect scheduling there may be smaller schools we've you know Kirk Herbstreet is very concerned that potentially college football season could be canceled, truncated, abbreviated this season. Guys, there's schools out there that might not be able to field a team. That will quickly become a stark reality. And some of those schools, even if they're not on Clemson's schedule, they're on Clemson's opponents' schedules. Uh, this is gonna. This is going to. So it affects the ACC as well. So, this is this is an, an important time, a crucial time as decisions are being made because, you know, just simply at some point, you've got to make plans for fall, whether it's going to happen or not. All right. The last time we were together, we talked about the USA Today. Uh, post-spring top 25, and of course Clemson was number one, and you know there's no choice. There's no other real option here with Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and then the way Clemson's recruited to put at number one right now. Well, I went through some of the top ten, 
Uh, you know, and the teams that were interesting to me, we, you know, we talked about the top five, like Ohio State, I think is a clear-cut number two. Then Georgia, then you get the questions. Georgia, Oregon, Alabama, they throw a blanket over those three. Uh, is Alabama slipping under Nick Saban? I think it's clear they're slipping, but can they get it back? Uh, can, can he p- pull the right, push the right buttons there at Alabama to stabilize that staff? He's lost 16 assistant coaches or whatever it may be over, over two or three seasons. Um, Oregon, can they continue to move forward? Are they ready to take that next step forward? Because the rest of the Pac-12 has not been. The top of the Pac-12 has not been as, as evidenced by uh, you know, their lack of either participation or success in the college football playoff. And then Georgia. How about Georgia? What, what about modifying that offense? Uh, what about being more explosive offensively at Georgia? And they're going to have Jamie Newman come in from Wake Forest. And does that fit? Does it fit? Does it work? Uh, I think everybody agrees. He's an athletic, quality quarterback. That's no doubt. But does it work with what Kirby Smart wants to do? Can they get there uh, offensively? And if not, who can who can come in and challenge? Uh, I think Clemson and Ohio State, who are the clear-cut top two. Notre Dame checks in at number 10. Of course, they're on Clemson's schedule. Clemson has to make that trip up to South Bend. Uh, and that's a talented club. But for me, they're still they're a full stride back of Clemson. But let's see how the timing works out. And then let's see how... Uh, the lack of spring practice, or and per- perhaps, perhaps, an abbreviated fall practice schedule uh, changes everything moving forward. I, I think Clemson's actually in the best position, and Coach Sweeney says that in, in some of the audio we'll hear from Coach Sweeney today. He actually talks about that, that because of the continuity of the staff, because that he has so many returning players at key positions, I, I think is... You know, everybody's going to be at a disadvantage, but Clemson will be at less of a disadvantage than most teams. So, a uh, big year coming up for Clemson. But what I wanted to get to, the reason I brought these rankings up again, is not just to talk about Clemson being number one. I failed to see this last week. I just kind of uh, perused the top 25, looked at, at the top five closely, then looked for teams on Clemson's schedule, and I missed one. Louisville rolled in at 25 on USA Today's post-spring top 25. Now, let's look at this quickly from two angles because I, I'm i the one I felt that was actually talking up Louisville because of the way I saw them put up a fight against Clemson last year. I was went and covered that game up there in northern Kentucky. And even though Louisville eventually was outclassed and blown out, I thought this, this is a team that came in. They wanted to... They wanted to put up a fight. They had a game plan to put up a fight. And Scott Satterfield showing me he's a good football coach. But can it happen this quickly? So the two angles I want to look at, number one, okay, well, maybe I was right too. But this might even be beyond where I thought they were. I thought they were an improving program, not a top 25 program. Have they really recruited that well? And the other angle, let's let's look at this quickly. All right, well, whether I was wrong or right, my eyes were deceiving me. Come on. Can it happen this quickly? Can a program be hollowed out the way that it was after Bobby Petrino left in disgrace? The way that it was torn to the studs, can it be rebuilt this quickly and be a top 25 program? Who would you take this upcoming season? Let's assume 12-game seasons, full practice time. Scott Satterfield and Louisville. To finish, let's. Are they going to finish higher in the ACC Atlantic than Mike Norvell 
and Florida State. So Satterfield has the head start, but Norvell has the recruiting advantages of Florida State. Who would you take? That's some, let, let's, let's talk later this week. Let, we'll get some experts on with us, and we'll talk about that. Do you like Louisville in 2020 or Florida State more? I don't know if that ranking's inflated, but I, that, I, that raised my eyebrows just a little bit uh, to see Louisville at number 25. Um, so let's now talk a little bit about this Dabo Sweeney update. Coming into to our next segment, we're going to go ahead and clip out some more of this Davo Sweeney audio for you because this is this is the good stuff. You know, last week I played you. It's kind of the introduction. How's everybody doing? Okay, this is Davo Sweeney actually giving us some detail about him staying engaged with the players, how they're handling the workouts. The workout, you know, some players don't have access to weights. The academics, you know, that's so urgent right now because everybody needs to be eligible. There cannot be, because there's no help. There's no help. Players are having to do this on their own. And how Robbie Caldwell has been attending their virtual meetings. You'll want to hear that from Dabo Sweeney when we come back. This is Locked on Clemson. So happy that you're with us. We're going to stay with you, give you as much detail as we can about what's happening as we roll through this and get more and more information about the upcoming college football season, the potential that it's going to be abbreviated or canceled, and how that affects your Clemson Tigers. Locked on Clemson. Let's get to some of that Dabo Sweeney audio. He sat down with football sports information director Ross Taylor. And again, how Robbie Caldwell has been attending the meetings. You'll want to hear this. The importance of academics in this time. How the players are, are, are dealing with nutrition and fitness. And just specifically how Dabo Sweeney is staying engaged with his staff and the players and how they're handling it. Here's the coach. We're able to, to have our meetings. We're able to communicate and, and just stay engaged. And I think that's very important uh, that we stay engaged with our players daily as if we were back in Clemson. And so our coaches are doing a great job with that. In fact, we just kind of got a full report on every single player on the roster uh, this morning. And, uh, and the players, I think, have enjoyed it as well. Just you know, So we're, we're able to have meetings uh, as a group. We're going to have a team meeting next week. Um, as well and uh so you know that's a um you know kind of business as usual for us trying to just create as much normalcy as we can as if we were back uh you know on campus uh together so i think that's the biggest thing but academically making sure that everybody's on on track on what they need to do to focus you know and and to, and to finish well uh you know we 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 want to have a 3.0 team gpa and uh, that's something that we talk about all the time the last the last two teams, the the, the uh, 19 and 18 team, have had the two highest team GPAs in the history of Clemson football. And so we want this team, you know, this 2020 team, uh, to keep that momentum. And so really focusing on the academics, uh, the strength and conditioning is a huge part of what we've got to do. And so Joey Batson and our strength staff have been very creative uh, with, with uh, the technology as well. You know, the biggest thing is who has access to weights 
And if they have access to weights, then we kind of have a plan of the day. And if they don't have access to weights, and very few, most of them do, but very few don't, uh, but having an alternative plan so, so that they can get their, their workouts done. And our strength coaches have done a great job of, of videoing and using the technology to demonstrate what that alternative plan may be, uh, whether it's filling up a bucket full of dirt or sand or whatever uh, to get your core workout uh, done for the day. So it's been really good. Uh, guys have kind of had some fun with that, and the guys have been sending video back and forth on what they've been able of, of their workouts and what they're doing. So I think we're in a good place there. And then same thing with our nutrition, uh, Paul Harrington and just – you know, keeping these guys a good plan nutritionally on what they need to do. But I tell you what, um, Ross, the one – I already knew it, but but I'm so proud of our team. We have a very conscientious team. That's one of the reasons we win is we have a team that, that is conscientious, they care, and, and for the most part uh, a ton of accountability uh, all throughout our team and great leadership. And when you have leadership and accountability – to go along with talent, you got a chance to be really good. And, and uh, this team, you know, has got a unique challenge. Uh, but for us, you know, as we say, best is the standard. And best is the standard all the time, not just when it's convenient uh, for that to be the case. And uh, we're going to adapt uh, to um, uh, the best of our ability to, to uh, find a way to make Clemson better at this time. And, and that's the challenge we've all – accepted uh players and coaches uh but as far as just kind of where we are right now that's kind of what we're doing just just daily staying connected daily staying engaged um and then you know we'll get to some of the football stuff right now our conference isn't allowing us to do football meetings but we can still send them football stuff hopefully we're going to get some some clarification on that soon so that we can still have uh daily afternoon meetings from a football standpoint uh here coming soon but but right now we're just having to push all the football stuff to them um on a non-required basis but uh you know uh, hopefully that's going to change uh because i know some conferences are um allowing their coaches to do that so uh, working through that a little bit but uh and again a few technology issues amongst the team but most of it uh, we've been able to resolve and work out over the last couple of days but um, uh, again, you know, kind of fun to have a, a staff meeting using the Microsoft Teams. And, you know, it's so I'm kind of always on the screen and talking. And then and then when somebody else speaks, their face pops up. But but uh, Robbie Caldwell had us all dying laughing this morning because he, he, he said the only reason he his face wasn't popping up is he said he was naked and uh, he always wanted to come to a staff meeting naked. So. We all got a big kick out of that. And the other thing he said was he didn't know his wife, uh, Nora, could cook. Uh, so he's found out she can cook, and he had to go get the stove out of the, uh, out of the uh, storage uh, shed. But, but she can cook. And so we've had, we've made some, we've had some fun. We've made uh, the best of it, and uh, that's what we'll continue to do. Our program was built uh, with the right people, uh, you know, to respond positively in the face of a challenge. And this is a challenge, uh, but we're fortunate than most. Uh, really, uh, we were able to have nine practices. We had a full scrimmage. Uh, we had, a, you know, a lot of meetings, obviously 15 mid-years. Uh, got a good, you know, start, uh, even though they're all back home now. 
but uh, you know we're very fortunate and uh, feel good about where we are from a football standpoint. But but we're just going to carry on business as usual. Uh, we've got uh, from a coach's standpoint, we got a lot a lot that we can do. Uh, we're having offensive staff meetings, defensive staff meetings, and kind of talking just as if we were sitting in a room together talking about the things that that we want to get done. Our summer planning. Our, our, our pre-scouting for fall, uh, a lot of our summer projects that we, that we work on as coaches individually, we've got a little more time to do some of those things uh, right now. Uh, maybe it's just reading a good book, you know, and, and also uh, enjoying a little bit of time with the family. So we've, we've got a lot that, that we can get done and uh, we will get done. But the number one thing is, is staying connected to our players and making sure that they're, they're uh, healthy and uh, and safe and continue to stay on track uh, academically. Locked on Clemson, you have Matt Smith here with you, and we're getting you caught up on how Dabo Sweeney's getting us caught up on, and I love that. Robbie Caldwell. All right, so he discovers he's got to get the stove out of storage. His wife can cook, and he's just been – attending the staff meetings in the buff you know not attending staff meetings virtually naked but attending virtual staff meetings actually naked that's robbie caldwell that's why he's he look he's a character and that's part of why he's just been a great uh addition or i guess an anchor a stalwart in this clemson coaching staff i've had the opportunity to interview robbie caldwell a few times and he's just a fun guy and you can see why uh, he's able to build these offensive linemen up because that's the one position Clemson hasn't always recruited at an elite level. Uh, and then they don't always have turn out elite NFL offensive linemen, yet they always have really good offensive lines. Uh, to credit to the players, but also the way that Robbie Caldwell connects with those players, uh, he's just been just been a godsend for Clemson and that staff. Now, uh, just quickly a little bit more on Dabo Sweeney. Um, you know, again, that was a little bit in terms of specifics, but now we're getting into, you know, really diving in. We're going to talk about specific players. Um, in addition to what coach Sweeney missed most about not getting to hold the spring game, the, the competitive depth on this roster, perhaps more than Clemson football has ever had in the history of its program. And that's saying something. Talk about 1989. You want to talk about competitive depth? 88, 89, um, how about some of those Sammy Watkins, uh, DeAndre Hopkins seasons? How about a couple of uh, Clemson national title seasons under Dabo Sweeney? But Coach Sweeney thinks this perhaps has more, com- this uh, roster has more competitive depth than any roster. And we'll hear him talk about that. And also, he's going to update, let's hear this first, update on the Tigers that are rehabbing and the advantages of continuity with this coaching staff. I think our team's in a good place. I think from a health standpoint, uh, you know, some of our long-term rehab guys, uh, Nolan, uh, he's, he's, he's doing well. He's back in Birmingham. And uh, uh, Brighton Constantine is another one. He's back home in Louisiana. And, uh, Danny Poole's done a good job kind of coordinating with, with uh, what their rehab's going to uh, look like there. And um, uh, so, you know, Booth is, is still progressing very well and, you know, Mario, I think, is, is, uh, is, is, you know, making progress and feeling better, too. So, obviously, some of those guys we, we thought we were going to get back for the second half of spring ball, so they didn't, they didn't get any, you know, much practice on the first half. But, 
uh, we're in a good place as a team. And uh, like our roster, we've got, you know, eight more uh, signees that'll, that'll be joining us uh, in the summer and look forward to uh, getting them in the mix as well. How much of a benefit have you seen from the continuity that you've had on your coaching staff as well as the continuity you have at a lot of prominent positions on your roster right now? Uh, it's been good. I mean, you know, from a staff standpoint, obviously we, we've all been together for a while. We understand who we are, uh, what we do, uh, how we do it, and why we do it, uh, you know, that way. So th that certainly helps because uh, of not having to, you know, train up a bunch of new coaches, even though Grisham is a new on-the-field coach for us. I mean, he, you know, he played for me, uh, and then he was a GA for three years and a player development guy for three years. So he's been back. And uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, you know, very much up to speed as far as, you know, all things Clemson. So we're in a good place from a staff standpoint. And then from a team standpoint, I love the leadership of this team. I, I think we, you know, you look at what we have at quarterback, you look at that first group of offensive line, you look at what we got out at receiver, at tight end, at, uh, over on the defensive line, it's totally different this time than where we were this time last year. Uh, just more experience, more depth, more competitive depth. I mean, great leadership at linebacker, unbelievably committed people at linebacker, uh, super excited about our safeties in that room. And then, uh, you know, we, we got uh, obviously got uh, Fred in here uh, this, this spring and got a chance to see him a little bit. But, you know, I think when it's all said and done, our corner room is going to be pretty special as well. Sheridan Jones, uh, DK's obviously back. Uh, Mario is a guy that we have high, high, high hopes for, just getting him back healthy. And, uh, you know, Lee Anthony uh, had a great, you know, nine days of practice and really just is, has a, another level of maturity to him. So uh, it's a good group, Spires and, and Potter. Potter, I think Potter, I think he was like, I don't know, 35 of 36 or something like that. Uh, I think he missed one kick all spring. So really, really excited. Jack Maddox. Uh, was kind of leading the way in our snapper position. And uh, we were able to get a couple other guys in there as well to, to compete. But, you know, roster-wise, leadership-wise, we're in a good place. And I'm really proud of, of uh, how our guys have, have um, you know, taken charge of uh, their position groups as far as a guy like Jackson Carman or, or Bach Course. You know, those are veteran guys for us now. And, uh, you know, Jordan McFadden, even though he's, he's uh, uh, a young player still, he's, he's a guy now going to be a redshirt sophomore and, and a guy that I think has a chance to be really special. Cage Stewart really stepping up and embracing his opportunity and leading some of those young guys that we have in that second group. Uh, and the uh, same thing over the defensive side with KJ and, and uh, Maskell and Xavier and Foster. You know, we've got four really good veteran guys to go along with Greg and Miles Murphy, two young bucks uh, just rolling in there. So it's, uh, it's good leadership across the board. Is there anything you feel like you weren't able to accomplish by virtue of losing that extra practice time in the spring game? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I uh, would have loved to – I mean, we're fortunate at Clemson that, that when we have a spring game, we're going to have, you know, 50 to 70-something thousand people there. and and there's just nothing like that uh, to be able to simulate that moment to split the team. You know, I always really enjoy that. Uh, it was going to be very competitive this year. I was excited about seeing these quarterbacks, you know, in that environment. But, 
you know, obviously that, that'll, that, that is what it is, but, uh, uh, you know, more meetings, more installation, more things that we wanted to get done. Uh, but, uh, we're in a good place. And like I said, it, it's, it's, it's just, um, um, you know, a great opportunity for us to, to be creative and a great opportunity for us to all, you know, just grow and get better. And that's what we're going to do. And it is a shame that Clemson didn't get to hold its orange and white game. A shame for the fans, a shame for the players, and just evaluation for the coaches, even though they get most of their evaluation done in practice. All right, that's it for now. Now, don't forget, hey, I know a lot of you kind of stuck inside, stuck indoors, or just driving around your neighborhood. You can check us out on, like, your, your home device. Subscribe on your phone. You can get the latest on Clemson here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to stay with us. We'll reach back out to, uh, we'll find out what's going on with Will Merritt, former All-ACC lineman, and we'll reach out to some other experts to talk about, perhaps, Louisville versus Florida State. I just can't see Louisville as a threat yet to Clemson in the ACC Atlantic, but that really, really caught my attention, them uh, being ranked 25th in USA Today's post-spring top 25. Also, TigerIllustrated.com has a really fun uh, bracket going right now with the greatest, you know, debating the greatest Clemson Tiger of all time across all sports. We'll take a look at that when we come back to you tomorrow as well. If it's orange, it's on. Locked on Clemson, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.